This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome back. I have big energy today because I'm wearing the most exclusive crew neck that Taylor Swift had on tour. This was a two-hour wait if you could even get it. So I have a new level of energy today to introduce our longtime OG friend, former talent agent, creator of multiple television shows, huge talent manager, entrepreneur. Oh, wow. I mean, celebrity. You know. David Weintraub. I mean, if we had a, an applause sound here. Let's, let's all clap for each other. This is a big look right here. Look, I mean, we went to be at Spotify with these two. We've gone all the way. Thank you for having me. We Thank are honored coming. to have you. The history <laughs> in this room. So just to tease that towards the end of the episode, so you got to tune in through all of our amazing ads. Um David is starring in one of the best documentaries I have watched in years. And he didn't, I don't think he produced it. So I did not produce biased. it. No. Is it Sky? Yeah, it's uh, 72 Films and Sky TV. It is a masterpiece called House of Kardashians. Woo! And the music gives the alone gives you the chills. They have the full succession vibes right. to it. And so we'll get to the major scoops. that Those are coming up in the episode. But we're going to go back in a time machine to the beginning because David has history in this business. And we're going to start with him as a UTA agent. Yeah. And that's, when, that's, that, that's around when you and I met, you know, fresh out of college. Went to William Morris, did two years there as an agent. Went to UTA, did six and a half years at UTA. Wow. And I mean that, you know, and 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 Spencer and I, we were running pretty heavy back then, you know. Sean, Stuart, Brody, we were all like all, all of us out all the time in this little group, you know. And that was in the wild days of LA. It was a much different kind of lifestyle and business. And, uh, you know, for me... I was always the guy that was in the suit and tie working that had the job. And I think a lot of people that we were surrounded with before the celeb you spawn business became that business, everybody was kind of doing their thing and we were all trying to figure out how to do it. But I had the keys to make the deals at that time. So that was sort of my little 
niche and getting into that game. So your first show, which was to this day, one of my favorite shows that Heidi and I, in the last 10 years, went back and binged, you know, just because yeah. I was like, I want to go watch that, was Sons of Hollywood yes. starring Randy Spelling, that's Aaron Spelling, biggest mogul maybe ever, yep. son, and Sean Stewart. And then you actually created Scott Disick, respectfully. Yeah. That was the first time anyone saw yeah. Lord Disick on television. Yeah. Just let's put a little pin on that one. Did you know and were you like, could you ever imagine that Lord Disick was going to have that crew going to end up being bigger than respectfully, Sean? I'm sorry. <laughs> don't, don't hurt Sean Stewart. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I love you, Sean. Yeah. But did you like, because that, that's wild. I mean, Scott had a, has a huge personality, but he was... I would say to the rest of us at that time, he was completely unlikable because he was so aggressive and so loud and so over the top. But we loved him and he figured out a way to insert himself into the 20 episodes of Sons of Hollywood by us having the show picked up, which I created. And so when this show got picked up, he moved to L.A. to figure out how to get in. And that's the summer that he met Courtney. So Scott is from New York. Yeah, and he so was Sean's friend. You and Scott are actually very similar because he jumped shows, got in with the Kardashians, yeah. dated Courtney, married Courtney, and you did the same thing with me. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> very so, interesting. I, 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 I've ever met Scott Disick. Isn't that wild? I don't think that's, so either. That's not. That's completely impossible. It, no, it, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think so because how? we've seen Courtney so many times Never and Kim him. and. Isn't that mind-boggling? That's really bizarre. Because, but, but you see, I have recollections of us all hanging out together. With Scott there. With Scott, with Sean. Like, because it was, it, was, it was an interesting time. Because, okay, you... Well, I just want to say, Princes of Malibu and Sons of Hollywood were two shows that kind of all happened around the same time. You guys came out... You guys got bought first and came out first. And then we came out about six months later, eight months later. There was a lot of people that were always like, oh, Prince of Mallory, Sons of Hollywood, it's the same show. Who are, you know, the cast and the whole thing. And that's really when we were all in that kind of going out scene. And then as the hills started to happen, that was the Kardashians hadn't really happened yet. No. no. So Scott was still figuring out where he was in life. So we would see you guys filming a lot your content and the show and i think we were all in the kind of that same group together for a long time and then what year for our audience you've been managing and helped build ray j into one of the most successful mm -hmm. moguls in reality television business what year did you meet ray j and become his manager and well, where well i yeah. met i met ray j originally when i was in high school um when i was working at death row records um and Ray was really close with Suge. And uh, Ray would come in the office, and I had met him then, and I was an A&R at Death Row. So we, we didn't really become friends then, but about ten, uh, 10 years later, 2009, 2010, is when Ray and I started to rock together. And we've been going ever since. How did you get at Death Row Records at such a young age? Is your dad in the industry? Did you just grow up here? No, I... um. So I wound up getting an internship at Interscope when I was 15. And the internship at Interscope, because they were the parent company to Death Row, they then gave me a full-time job at Interscope. 
And then I left Interscope and went to death row as I was going into college. And I just kind of stayed on and, you know, I would go to school during the day and work in the afternoons and, you know, was just trying to become something. I had a lot of friends whose parents were big record industry figures. So I always aspired to want to be in that game. And I was, you know, determined to make it happen. Where did you go to high school? I went to I went to a, a private school called Curtis, and then I went to a high school called Montclair Prep, and then I went to USC Business School. So what did your parents do? So my father passed away when I was three years old, oh, and my mom was a psychotherapist and a professor at USC. Wow. But in the private school system, as you know, we all knew each other. So every kind of like you know, Brentwood, Crossroads, you know, all of the schools, everybody kind of knew each other in one way, shape or form. And then you have weird things like my next door neighbor growing up is Adam Levine from Maroon 5. So I spent, you know, 12 years as, you know, this is one of my dearest friends, my next door neighbor, my whole life. So we saw the evolution of careers starting to happen very young. And as I learned the game and learned the business, we all kind of grew together. And then, you know, here we are now in our 40s. And look, I mean, for us to be sitting on this couch telling these stories is pretty wild, man. Life is flying by. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing our ads are brought to you by older people. You know, yeah. It seems to be a common denominator. Like all of our guests wrap up with, like, wow, life is going by so fast and death is coming. And life becomes this no, whole thing. No, we're, we're, we're in our peak. We're doing, right, you know right. what I mean? So, so, that, so that's what I wanted to say. I was just, no, yeah. You go. It seems like most successful people are actually in their peaks in their 40s because you've learned so much. You have all the connections that you need. You've made the mistakes and you can see more of a plan of what's going to play out, what's not going to play out. And like you're saying earlier, and I'm not sure if it's public or not, but now you're signing all different new talent and integrating different types of people. I'm available to be signed, but um, <laughs> how's yeah. that going? <laughs> I, I call, I'll call them with a deal and they're like, not enough money. Call back. Call me back. Well, I mean, the last deal was uh, Heidi would have to fight. He's like, how much? I'm like, listen, I got about like 300K. She's going to have to box. He's like, I don't know if we're going to go down. Am I going to feel the win? I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was you know, like you set up to lose. We'll talk about that yeah. off camera. Let's talk so, about it. So I just went to lunch with this uh, guy I grew up with in this private school scene. His dad was a you know big dog. And I was like, man, I always wanted to grow up and be like your your dad. And yeah. he's like, he's like, the reality of the game now is the position you're in, Spencer, is better than what that position is in this world. Right. As in Back then. you can sell to your own audience. Yeah. There's so many more opportunities. And it was a good little like, because I do always think like, man, like my goal to be one of these studio type people, yeah. that role also is so different than it was when but we But you created your own lane. I mean, you you guys, especially as a couple and as individuals, you created your own lane. I mean, it's it's inspirational to set the bar this high as non-scripted players who understood the game, who understood how to monetize. You guys were mon- you guys were influencing monetizing before people even knew what the fuck that was. I mean, that is that that is a fact. I'm saying it right here. These guys were getting money 
like crazy. He <laughs> knew how to, uh, and, and you didn't really need the help. Like you didn't really have a team behind you. Right. I think that at that time, you know, I don't even think I really tried to sign you or anything because you, I knew that he had the position and it's like when the calls are coming in, you don't really need to share with somebody if you actually can broker the shit yourself. What's the point? That's right. When I met Span- Spencer, I, I had Spencer. <laughs> Spencer. <laughs> I was sharing an agent with Lauren Conrad and yeah. Spencer's like, this is twisted. Like, yeah. you know that he's blocking this, doing this. And actually that was true. And later it came out because he did sign like Adrena and Whitney and they said the yeah. same thing that they'd make sure the deals went to her and they didn't get what they wanted. So Spencer was like, forget this. I'll manage you. I'll take the calls. Shout out con artist Max. And I was there. like, great, was let's good? go. I me, trust right? you. I love you. You know, <laughs> you, let's do you it knew. all. You knew. You know what's weird? Can, right. can I just tell a quick like Laguna Beach Hills story just yeah, real please. quick? So, okay. So I'm an agent at UTA and my first client that I ever signed ever, which got me promoted to agent was Paris Hilton. And then we took her to Buna Murray and we did the simple life and blah, 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 blah. Me and Andrew Miller and Brett Hansen, we put the whole thing together. So anyway, so that was like my in there. So I'm a motion picture talent agent, suit and tie every day, black card, the Porsche 911, the whole thing, you know, living the life, going to the premieres, doing it, trying to find more talent. But I have this big superstar, Paris Hilton. People figure out that we represent her. So as Laguna Beach is popping, we start to get the calls. So mm-hmm. we had then next signed um, Kristen. Mm-hmm. And then Kristen like was on the show. She wasn't really monetizing Laguna Beach. Like you couldn't monetize there. Gary Auerbach did not like pay out on those shows the way it was. They really ran the situation. Signed her. She wanted to do movies. I put her in a bunch of movies and this is like pre Hills. So, um, we then sign this kid Talon. Uh, or was that yeah, his name? Talon. Talon. Okay. So Talon, like, was dating Sean's sister. And then Talon is like, oh, this is my good friend who takes me to nightclubs. And then I saw him and it was Frankie. And then Frankie had a pilot at MTV called 24 seven. And I did the deal for Frankie on 24 seven. And it was like this, it was a lot of like, everybody was trying to figure out how to do the next show. Because there is no Kardashians. You only really have the benchmark of the Osbournes and the simple life. So everything else was about to be the next, next thing. Laguna Beach hit it out the park, but it didn't go to that super level until the hills. So getting a lot of these kids, we were trying to figure out how do you really make money with them? And I remember Jim Conrad, Lauren's dad, calls me and calls my boss who was a very very famous guy this guy nick stevens and this guy david schiff they like you know major guys at uta partners owners and i'm this you know young agent signing these guys and i'm really supposed to be reading scripts for people but i'm signing these weird pop culture (laughs) kids that i grew up with whatever and jim is like calling 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 trying to get a meeting for lauren and bring it in and like i remember these guys and i'm like you guys got to sit down with lauren conrad like you got to meet this guy's dad look at who the dad is look at this thing and they were like we don't need her we got this they they didn't see it and it's like if you had had the vision then of understanding that you could take a somebody like that and create brands with them and create makeup lines and create clothes and whatever cuz cuz even kristen wasn't there yet she just wanted to be a movie star you know, so it's like, okay, we'll get you the movies, but you got to start thinking about the brands. And then she comes back to UTA later after I left 
with the mega fucking business, the biggest, like, you know, whatever her clothing and all that other stuff. So I say to Heidi all the time and people in the comment section will be like, stop talking. You're such a hater. I, this is actually a compliment, but I always say Lauren had the worst team ever because she should have had Kylie Jenner money. Yeah. She should have a jet. Yeah. She, because she did in yeah. real life, we used to watch, she used to do her own makeup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she wouldn't even have she been She was lying, good at it. You yeah. Know? And she, so she kind yeah. of had the makeup thing. You the know, fashion the line. thing about the crying with the, the rigged tear of with course. the thing that they rigged up. But they, she could have done the uh, people the didn't believe they didn't believe yet though like the brands and the companies right. and like you didn't have that yet you didn't have the ability to really do those products so you were kind of going deal to deal opportunity to opportunity and people were like oh I just want to be in the club appearance business let me just get the let me and that ain't it like and that's what I'm saying today as someone who manages you know mega influencers and has businesses with influencers and creates products with them we sell stuff 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Every time we post, we sell millions of dollars come in and out. I, in my career, have never seen more opportunity and more money than when I went into the influencer space because you, my commission sometimes will be four times what a rapper that I represented for years makes for doing a show. Is that because do you still rep Tana? Yes. Am I saying her name right? Yes. She's a brilliant, like I, she's a content yes. machine. So you Tana, Tana is really time. interesting. Tana, Tana Mojo is really interesting because she is someone who did, she did a billion views on YouTube. So like having that as your catalyst in the heyday of like this YouTube era with David Dobrik and the Paul brothers and like this kind of Mr. Beast and that whole era and that group pre D'Amelio's, you know, pre TikTok, there's, there's a uniqueness that those people have. There's a loyalty that those guys have where literally if we can capture 5% of their audience and you have 10 million followers, you do the math on that. You get the right product. That's 20 to $40, $60, something easy. You can make a million dollars a month selling stuff. You can make two mil, you can make anything. And that's like, you know, I don't even want to say it. That's pre only fans. Like then you throw OnlyFans in the mix and you have this huge audience from YouTube and now you have an OnlyFans and I'm not saying you have to be naked on OnlyFans. No, you just have to have your content there. You then can make another $100,000 every three days. But is she responding to the messages on OnlyFans? Does she have a team? Yeah. Like, is that OnlyFans is a lot. Like I just deleted my OnlyFans. Listen, you know? OnlyFans is a full-time job and she does what she has to do to run that yeah. stuff correctly. Yeah. And we are with, a, we have a JV with some genius partners at Unruly and they are incredible. They know what they're doing. And it's like, you got to have the right people that yeah. are in the right place. Somebody steering the ship, let someone be the talent and the money can happen. Everybody out there that wants to learn about this, you know, I, I don't know if I showed you that my, my, uh, my VT just came out, the Hollywood handbook. And the Hollywood handbook is like the guide of how to get into influencing, how to get into the non-scripted space, how to create your shows, how to create your content, how to monetize it. So I'm teaching you all of my experience over the last, you know, 25 years, the gradual change from reality star rappers, rock stars into influencers okay. and how to make that money. So the most money right now in the industry, would you say is with influencers? A hundred percent. So uh, athletes, mm -hmm. influencers, and A-list music, but even like the B-list music. And I don't want to even, you know, say that 
I don't want to call people B-list in music because I represent a lot of people that some would say are the B-list of music. Like TikTokers? No, I'm talking about like rappers from like the early 2000s okay. and that in nine. Yeah, like, one time was A-list. Like, yes. like uh, um, two sh- This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Too short. He was, he's a, his brand at one time was yeah. A-list. He didn't fob. It's just no. not the current demo for who's moving. But, but he's a legend. He, he right. sold 30 million records. Yeah, exactly. He just went out with Snoop and Wiz. They did 60 arena dates. He made millions of dollars this summer. So I'm saying you have to look at like the trajectory of your career because you're only as current as your last hit, which mm-hmm. is why you have to stay relevant in the media and out there so that people see you and that opens up new doors for you. But what I will say is that even people from that era are still killing it. But the number one people that are blowing them out the water that are going to be rich for a very long time are influencers. That's unbelievable. We always wonder, like, how do we monetize? And Spencer's so good at trying to be on all the networks. But it's like you have your own QBC now. Before, yeah. you'd have to go on QBC, be there at midnight, be up. Now you control so much. So if you have the right team and you have the ability and you can keep building the audience, it seems like the sky is the limit. But it's hard when you feel like you hit a wall, a wall right. with like, like I feel like with Instagram and stuff, I've... I have X amount of followers. I continue yeah. to get some, but it's like the astronomical growth is really challenging unless you get a push, a new show, a new exposure with something, you or know, so team. to continue a new team. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. Or a new team. Um, what I think is unique though, is that you guys continue to stay relevant and stay reinventing it and following that path. The only way to really go to that level is to go hard down the YouTube path. I mean, it, you have to understand, you would really have to go down the content creation map to then elevate those numbers to the next level. And I think that we've been accustomed so much, like when you have a huge TV show that's on for so many years, like you guys did, you're, you're not going to be like, okay, I'm going to take my phone and go cut this up. These kids were sitting at home, cutting their content, one man band, watching your show. 
right. while you're making the big bucks. So right. you're making the big bucks. You're not used to being like, I have a movie studio in my phone. Right here is my movie studio. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to distribute it. And maybe this is going to go viral and that will bring the viewers. So you have to relook at how you do what you're doing. So the other day, it was just like an out-of-body experience. Experience. Can't wait to hear this story. Uh, Brody and his fiance oh. come over with their baby and we're just hanging out. And Brody runs to the car and he comes back in and he's got his like Sony camera with the mic. And he's like, I got to shoot this for the YouTube vlog. I'm like, this guy just respectfully <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sabotaged our MTV television right. show on purpose. Didn't, yeah. like, didn't want to shoot a television yeah. show because, you know, he didn't like whatever, you know, he would have to get him on to tell what he doesn't right. like about. He, he likes to be in control of what's being, which I understand. I don't put me on freaking a television show, mm -hmm. but he literally <laughs> made it so we didn't have a million dollar plus crew, all these camera operators, <laughs> Thanks, the audio, and now he's holding a freaking thing like, oh, get it for the vlog. We're blowing up the YouTube channel. I'm like, he had to get excited. You know, I, I just, I think that he wasn't, I think that he's excited. Listen, I, I love bro, you know, bro. And we're, we're Malibu dads. We're girl dads, you know, but you're right. And he's doing, what <laughs> and it now takes, he's doing it. Right. Right. Still. I'm like, it's just so hard for me to accept like, oh my God, like, Dude. But Linear wasn't going to go there anyways. Like, Linear, tell it whether he tanked that show or not, which, like, should we call Baskin right now and figure out who? I mean, it was a group. It it was, yeah, I was going to yeah, say, you, it you, was you not guys, a single-handed. So, you guys want were it, all so yeah. mad at each other shooting that show. Like, I was like, I'm like, you guys are back with this opportunity. And I felt like, because I was on the peripheral of this yeah. doing some of the deals for talent. And I was like, y'all are like, like, take advantage of this. Like, this is it. Why the fuck is everyone fighting? You can't let one person steer the ship. You know, you had fresh blood with a new production company, an incredible producer, Alex Baskin. That's, that's my brother. You know, he created a TV show for me. My one of the crazy show I did for, I did the first ever spinoff to uh, the housewives. And I started in that show. He what created that? that. Oh man, that's a long story. Um, and it aired. Oh yeah. Linear on broad. This is after sons of Hollywood. After we did the after sons of Hollywood did not come back. Bravo came to me and was like, we're going to do a version of the Hills with housewives. And there was this girl, Joe, that was one of the original housewives yeah. mm -hmm. and this guy Slade. And they had this like tumultuous relationship. They moved to LA. I've seen and this. And then she and I dated and like, we had it, we all had a show together on Bravo. It was the first spinoff ever. And it's very embarrassing for me to talk about so you that. you won't say the name of the show? <laughs> it's called Date My Ex. Date My Ex. And Baskin produced this. Baskin created it, produced it. And um, he, uh, he, you know, and, and I was like, Sons of Hollywood wasn't coming back. And that's before, you know, I co-created Celebrity Rehab. So I was before Celebrity Rehab really hit and I got to make all my dough. And uh, I was kind of looking for the next thing to do. So I was like, this is an interesting opportunity to jump from A&E over to Bravo and be in this show. But it was weird. We shot a pilot. And from the time of the pilot, like she and I had a whole relationship and then we broke up and then the show got picked up and they were like, okay, well now you got to go shoot 10 with her. And like, we just went back and it was like really crazy. I didn't know you did celebrity rehab. I know you, I, I remember you doing deals for it. I didn't even know you co-created. Yeah. That. So me and me and Dr. Drew and, uh, John Irwin and Damian Sullivan, we all put that show together. And uh, 
we did uh you know we did six seasons five spinoffs international distribution you know that was like our first number one because i was coming off sons where i was the co i was the creator executive producer and the star with my two best friends that we shot as a real like that show was a real documentary we shot that over nine months living together being shot 24 hours a day so when that didn't like get picked back up and I was on, you know, I'm on billboards across the fucking U S and commercials and big budget. And then, you know, it's like, it's over. You're kind of trying to figure out what to do. I left UTA and I have my management company and I was like, okay, well I'll have a marketing vehicle for my management company. And then you don't have it anymore. So you have to reinvent. Right. It's you all know? about reinventing. Well, that's what we just had Steve I mean, Mosco on our last podcast. And he's like, that's, the most important part is to reinvent and a lot of people get stuck like, oh no, I'm a billboard person and like, and don't, and hang on to that and don't keep reinventing. Yeah. You guys reinvent. I want you, I want to say as an outside viewer of your relationship, your marriage, your kids, your family, you guys have the sauce and you guys have done it well. You're sitting here right now. Look where we are. I mean, I do, I've done <laughs> deals here. This is yeah. a big place to be. Yeah. This is an important show. Yeah. And okay. I and I know that the ups and downs of the game helped you to understand how to stay together and how to I mean stay together with like the the vision of what you want to do with your careers and you've accomplished it. So it, it is an evolution that keeps going. We just got to keep grinding it out. Yeah. We're all part of this weird um beginning group. And I, I'm going to there, there's this family tree that somebody sent me a while ago. I've been trying to find it. And it has all of us on there. It has you guys on there. It has the Hills, Laguna Beach, the Osbournes, like the Stuarts, the Spellings, the Kardashians, Brody, and you know, all of us are on there. And it's the interconnectivity of all the schools that we went to and the friendships that we all had and how everybody was tied in together. And then you put me on this thing and they draw the line. And it's like, I managed like 15 people on this map or did their produce their show or some shit. It's like, there's a connectivity that people don't understand of how close this big pop culture movement of non-scripted TV. We all know each other, all of us, Kim K to Paris, to Ray J to Scott, to Sean, to the spellings, to you. I mean, every we're, we're all interconnected and we all grew up together. And now here we are, we've made thousands and thousands of hours of television people sometimes don't understand how small of a group that is that all pop like that it's kind of like how the influencers are the dobrik tana and mm-hmm. you know that yeah. Crew, sway house yeah. and all them but we were linear you know we we, we linear which brings me back to ray j so i want to so you and ray j <laughs> go back just, to ray j should I, let me get my towel so, <laughs> ray i love you man so you and ray i would say you're like you're business partners right you have so i'm ray's have, manager and okay. producing partner Yes. Okay. And you have been. So the last, the first time I re saw you after years, after the Hills, after everything, was when we were all in London for Celebrity oh, Big Brother. That, well, didn't I do the dad show and you were in the No, car? no. We did London before that. That dad didn't show. Didn't we? Yeah. Because I just had my yeah. daughter. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, so you were, yeah. and that's when I realized that you and when Ray. I got Ray the Milski for the show. <laughs> yeah. And you're working Ray on the, the Scooty bikes and. And all of that. Everybody so. wanted the Milski. You want to hear a funny story about yes. that? Yes. All right. So listen. So they wanted Scott Disick forever. They like they, Celebrity Big Brother. Celebrity UK. Big Brother. They wanted him every year calling. Give me Scott. 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 Scott ain't doing the show. He's not doing it. You come back to me with a million five. He will do the show. Okay. You will. He will be there. And that's the deal Scott and I had. I said, okay. They never were able to get to that million five. They did, however, come back with that Milski. And I called Scott up and I'm like, listen, bro, 
it's time to go. It's time for you to get on the plane. We got it going. And he was, you know, in a very dark place and he just would not do it. He was like just in a weird. So I called him back and I'm like, all right, I got an even better idea. <laughs> all right, let's, let's go. And, and these are like, you know, the, on the, the phone Richard Desmond, uh, all of them, the two chicks, remember the two girls yeah, yeah, that worked yeah. there that like, and the, you know, Roz. and listen, Roz. yeah, Roz. Roz. Yeah. And, and listen, the UK reality business, uh, God, bl- and by the way, I don't want to, uh, what I'm about to say, the UK reality business with the people I just did the doc with, they're incredible, great filmmakers. They told a very great story. We'll talk about that in a minute. The celebrity big brother group. I mean, they will fucking rip your head off, slice your throat. Till you, I mean, Ray went off the deep end in the show. If you remember, I mean, this guy literally went off the deep end. So I call them. And I go, I go, I go, Ray, I go, we're going to do Ray J. Scott's not going to do it. And they were like, oh my God, this is, yeah, you mean Ray and oh the sex tape and oh my God, love and hip hop. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. So we make the deal. They send us like, you know, part of the bread. It's a million bucks. They send us, I think like 300, 400,000. Ray goes, okay, let's go. I go, please watch the show. Uh, Please watch the show. Ray's like, oh, I know the show. It's reality TV. I can do it. Blah, blah, blah. I, <laughs> no. go, I go, I go, Ray, watch the show, please. You're moving into a set. Like, is it's gonna be a lot. Now, now in this deal, I hit them over the head for everything. I needed four first class, you know, tickets. I needed four suites. I needed all the food, the alcohol, I needed all this shit. And you know, we thought we were super special going in hard. Uh-huh. And at that time, we were sort of figuring out who else was in the show. Was Callum in the show too? Yeah. Callum was in the show, and then who you guys were in so this is celebrity big brother all stars so we did yeah. the first round this was like the big one that they had and they had a bunch of big was celebrities come in. yeah this was all stars the all-stars? baddies right okay. celebrity big brother all stars remember I don't yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah. our second time of doing it so i i call these guys and i'm like i'm like you guys are in the show i yeah. fucking know it right <laughs> and we're all being you know tight-lipped and blah 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 yeah, and, yeah. and i'm like where are you and he's like i'm in london you uh-huh. know right when we were getting on the plane we got there where'd they put you for that one. The I Savoy. We at the same hotel. We met at the nah, hotel you weren't at the Ritz. Night. No, we were at the oh, Savoy. At the Remember? Ritz. Yeah, we were, we were at the at Ritz, Savoy. Bro. We were ritzing. Savoy is nice. Savoy <laughs> is <laughs> really. We were Savoy. ritzing it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Ray was like, you know, Ray smokes weed and it's hard to go into a show where you can't smoke weed. Just to, it was like celebrity rehab. For yeah. Him, like just cold yeah. turkey. Yeah. So we got to London and, you know, the show is what? Two weeks? Three. Four. Three, oh, three to four. four. Oh, God. Four. The first one's three. I, this one was four. I tell people this All-Star. is the hardest show on television to do. If you're a celebrity of sorts, yeah. that is the hardest show in the world to do. It will fucking kill you. It could. And it almost did with him. So he, um, we got to London and I don't think he had ever been to London at that time. So he went buck wild. Like all of a sudden oh we got gosh. there. I'm exhausted. And it's New Year's Eve. Yes. And all of a sudden, like I, I go to bed for a couple hours, I wake up, he's got like a Rolls Royce and a Ferrari that pulled up. All of a sudden he's got a fleet of cars there. He's got like oh rappers and gosh. DJs. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to, I got I got 24 hours. So I need to go shoot the intro. And then two days to start the show. He stays up for the whole two days, oh shooting music videos, running around London, like doing oh God gosh. knows what. So he's exhausted. So we go to shoot the materials before he's kind of hyped. He understands what the show is and then gets to the show and is just done. He can't go any. I mean, he's like, he's exhausted. You know, he, all he wanted to do was eat McDonald's. He's like, please just give me McDonald's. Like on set, if I tell them I want this shit, they go and get it and they bring me my shit and that's it. And that's the kind of shit that we're used to as on our shows. Whatever we need, we're the EPs and the stars 
you bring us our shit. That doesn't happen on this show. No. And they thought because they gave him a million bucks yeah. that, you know, you're going to do it. Right. And he fell out. I mean, didn't he go to the hospital? Yeah. So we arrive on the show. Yeah, we arrive on the show. Spencer and I are the first ones in the house. We're the all-stars. Yeah. We got second on the show that we were on. We became the baddies, legendary season. So we did great in the house. It was hard. It was so hard. But we didn't have kids yet, which made it way easier to do. Yeah. And it was, we're like, okay, we know this show now. We know what to expect. You expect the worst. We've watched right. every episode since we've been on. We're well-versed in this. Yeah. We're buckled up. Play the game. We're ready to go. Yeah. So we go in and then everyone's coming in the house and we do see Ray and we're so excited. Yeah. Ray's in the house. He's one of the only Americans. There's yeah. only like... But we all knew. Yeah, but we yeah, knew he's yeah. coming, but it was so fun to like see Ray because we hadn't hung out with him right. or I hadn't hung out with Ray, right. you know, like you do a quick meet. Hey, how are you? Or whatever, you know, in a, yeah. if you're at a, he's an one event. of the funniest humans on earth. He's on one. And then he started yeah. just realizing like time stops there. Yeah. yeah. And once he realized that like a minute feels like an hour, an hour feels like a year, like it's the weirdest psychological yeah. thing. And he's like kind of freaking out. And yeah. he's like, so then I, he start, I don't know if it's real. He starts making up. He's got a tooth. <laughs> no, the tooth was real. No, we're like, yeah. Ray's just trying to, because we also yeah. scheme. How do you get out of the house? Yeah. How do you, oh, I need to see the psychiatrist, right? Because right? they have the, the psychiatrist. Yeah. yeah, the hospital. Right, but you try to figure out little ways to just get a break for five minutes from the house. Like right. I took a pregnancy test, which I kind of thought was real, but I'm like, let's just get out, take a pregnancy test. Yeah. Then we can just see producers because on the show, you don't see producers. You're stuck you with this cast. You guys were having sex in the show with each other? No, but going into well, the show. Did you? Going into the Did show. you guys have sex on the you set know, of it? There's play. There, you can find a place. Oh, yeah, oh, my God. We're no, breaking so, teeth. <laughs> what? That's not. We don't know. Okay. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so anyways, guys. I digress. No. We yeah. Know. Okay. Who knows? It's so anyways, we're with producers though when we get off so we're yeah. thinking ray's making up this whole toothache thing because yeah. also the lights are like this all the time yeah in yes. your right. face oh, yeah. they're brighter sleep. they're so intense and you can't sleep in the day they'll sound alarms off you have these crazy tasks to do everyone's scheming everyone it's the weirdest thing everyone's looking at you like what are you saying what are you doing like it's this crazy thing so if we didn't have each other I can't imagine doing oh a show like that. Spencer wants to go back by himself. Ray, I'm like, okay. Ray was so <laughs> entertaining, on. though, that they should have paid $5 million to get him to leave oh. the hospital and go back in. Right. And he started talking about right. the sex tape and certain things. Right. And, like, yeah. he was breaking out. You know, he, like, didn't care at this point, too. He's no. like... Whatever. And you don't realize <laughs> so, those are the moments that they're living for through the day. Like you're just casually talking yeah. because you're there. You have nothing to There's do but talk to, to people do. all day. Yeah. So those little bites become the biggest thing. And on the outside, it's huge. So if you realize how big and how much you can capitalize off of it and what a big opportunity it is. And sometimes those are the shows that you are the you know perspective when you get out. But anyway, so you and Ray... Yeah. Um, well, wait, I, I, I think everything's fine. So they, they oh, paid okay. for me to go. They gave me a gigantic presidential suite at the Ritz too. For four weeks. They paid for me to go for a week okay. to get him settled because he said, okay. I'm not going by myself. <laughs> My team's coming. So I'm in London. I'm chilling. I get him settled. I'm like happy. We got a million dollar deal. It's like, you know, 200,000 bucks for me. I'm happy. I'm ready to go. Let's get through it. I'm going, I'm coming home. I went to London. I'm on the, I got the nice, you know, great flight. I had a good time, went shopping. And, um, the thing, we, two weird things happened. Um, at that time, and this is my brother. I love Jonathan Chapman, who got all day. Uh, but he and I, like he texted some fucked up shit about Ray and I went off on him oh. on Twitter and he and I got in a huge like Twitter war. 
war where he like went and like went to the police there and said I was chasing him down and all this shit because he was saying that Raiden deserved a million dollars for the show, whatever. Mm. So we subsequently have all iced it out since then. Everything's cool. Love you, Fugat. Um, because he did the show, right? He did it and he didn't get it that year, but he was there so he was just doing dating. skate dating on skates or okay. some other show and he was mad yeah. that Ray got whatever because right. they were kind of talking to him about maybe coming in, but we got the spot. So he's like, I know Kim too. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was a lot of funny I'm articles about friend. that. So I get back on the plane, everything is cool. And uh, I land in LA, I get home. And then it's like, shit starts going off the deep end. They call me and they're like, they're like, Ray passed out. Ray, Ray fainted. Ray's, te- Ray's crying about his teeth. Ray's mad about that. And I was like, what's going on? They won't give him the phone. So mm-hmm. I don't know what is like the show or what's yeah. what and the manipulation. And it just went to a disastrous, really ugly, crazy place. And we went to war with that network and we went to war with them and it got really, really crazy. And subsequently, Ray was just like, it's time to bow out. And he did. So you didn't uh, get the million. We got 600 of a million. Oh, that's really good. One week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Less, about, a, about right? a week, five days, yeah, yeah, yeah. a few days, and, and, and they <laughs> wow, that's a good I, check. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm telling too much, but Ray's still been trying to get that other 400. I swear <laughs> to God, I swear oh I've seen emails and letters go back from our legal team with them about like still asking for the rest of that money because he was pay or play, and pay or play means that no matter what happens, whatever the decision that is made by the producers, if you have a million dollar deal. You do have to fulfill your payment for that, but even if you don't fulfill even if you your don't do that, yeah time, oh, he's yeah. still emailing. What a boy! Well, yeah, he's like, like, let me get the extra that person doesn't own the network anymore. You know? Yeah, they're so, actually the are they relaunching canceled. it. I thought we saw just, something. Oh, oh. Put Ray back in. We need another Milski. Not the celebrity version so far. I wouldn't go. Yeah. I wouldn't go. No, but you, you, but I you guys are. You, yeah. You no, would I'd ne- go for a million. You would never. No, I can't leave the kids. I'm not going to leave an 11 month old and a six year old for anything. Right. If they offer me 10 million, I'd be like, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not million. going. I think, you know, oh, I think we could figure out the nanny. Brody will be taking <laughs> I, care of that. Guy. I don't know. Brody, bring the breast milk up. Hey, so <laughs> while we're on the Ray J, let's talk yeah. current events. When does House of Kardashians air? And when did that come about? <sighs> it looked like they've been working on it for years. Yeah, this is a two year plus documentary that 72 films did really great filmmaker director um katie and she is a very talented you know super understanding of pop culture you know 72 films did the big donald trump documentary that's on netflix they did uh they have a bunch of really big films that they've done so when they got into that space they were really trying to understand you know how all of the adjacent characters really all fell into place and you know some people wanted to talk about it and i think that we want i and i say we i mean me as being you know scott's manager for a period of time ray's manager for a very long time i think that we just wanted to kind of clear the air on some stuff and he didn't really want to talk to them so it was kind of like why don't you sit in the seat and do some talking and explain sort of the position of of how we've seen this over the years because we all have lived there and lived through, you know, the result of the sex tape and the show and the catapulting of their TV shows and Ray's TV shows and everything that we're doing. And I think that the most important thing that you have to understand is, and I'm going to say this first and foremost, Kris Jenner, Kim Kardashian, and Ray J are the smartest marketing people 
in the history of the entertainment industry because what they have done to create billion dollar brands billion-dollar TV shows, billion-dollar empires is because these guys went all the way in with something that they came up with together to use as a marketing tool that opened up doors to everything. And we have single-handedly changed the face of television and changed the face of influencing and opened the door to celebrities that you would never think and inspired a generation. So you may say what you want love them, hate them, love Ray, hate Ray, love Kim, hate Kim, even Chris, but you cannot because they're so smart. Like to do what they've done and to be where they are today, you are the, you are the greatest minds. I mean, it inspires me because you have to be on the cusp of understanding how to take a moment and catapult that moment. You guys know moments better than anyone. All right. You didn't wind up on the covers of a million magazines by not understanding a moment. The thing was, is that they saw this in at a time where nobody had seen a relationship like that. And each of them had their dreams of having their empires Mm -hmm. and sometimes a little bit of like skin and fun and games can help. So you just have to remember the narrative. Don't get caught up in the lies and tell the truth and actually just get out there and you know, something may happen. So why didn't, because I was up in the middle of the night when Ray was on his like live streaming Instagram, tell all show and pulling out boxes of paperwork, all the receipts, <laughs> evidence, signatures. Why would he put that on IG live and not be part of this documentary? Cause you know, cause at the end of the day, it still isn't like, I feel like there was more. Well, the documentary happened life. before that happened. Oh, okay. So the doc oh. is before that. Okay. Um, the doc has been in, in production for more than two years. And that was before that happened. I think that um, the catalyst of Ray's reaction there was that my recollection and understanding of what really did this to, you know, make Ray want to tell the truth about this is really based on the fact that they, you know, they did this fake like lie detector thing on, um, James Corden. And that was just like, that was it because what one, the lie detector guy that they brought in, you know, people know that the, you know, the TV lie detectors have a thing and it's not really what it is. And it just took him over the top. And he was like, he, as a dad now did not want to continue to be part of like being beaten with a stick of something that, you know, that Listen, if you have a sex tape, all right, and a sex tape that's a DVD and sold in hotel rooms and all these places, okay, you can't just, it, it doesn't just exist. It's like owning an album or owning a D or owning a movie. There has to be a contract for it. There has to be real people involved in the marketing. There has to be accounting. Somebody had to have done all of that stuff. And the people that did that stuff obviously are the people that are involved in it. And as you see, there are so many contradictions in that because, you know, it's not Joe Francis. I mean, you saw what Joe said. It's like, yeah, so in the documentary, he yeah. clearly says, Chris was in the room. It was in my office. I helped bring it. But then like four scenes later, he's like, Chris had nothing to do with this. I think they called him. I think they found out he was doing the documentary. A new scene I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think they're talking to Joe anymore. But then why that, would he just change his narrative like that in the same segment? Basically, I was like, wait, Joe just said Chris was there. And now he's saying, I mean, they obviously, like, and, and, you know, Steve Hirsch isn't there. I mean, Steve, Hirsch, you know, everybody knows like, like I, 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 I have the, I've seen the footage and the, the pictures 
of who was there that day. You, At the meeting. Yes. I mean, no one have- will ever see it. It's never coming out, but they exist. Like there is like, these guys were shooting everything back then. Right. So it, there is, there is records of who did this and how this happened. There is paperwork. Okay. So, but like when you live in a world where you're like next to Oprah, next to this one yeah, and that one, crying. like, you know, you, you, you have to realize that sometimes it, it, it can change the narrative a little bit. So I think it's okay to just say that right now, everybody's past it. Everybody's doing well. The greatest marketing team in the world all have been a part of this thing and they just have to like, let's go to the next place. Let's, let's close the door on this, you know? So obviously for them, it's not something that they want to let go at this point. I don't know if it's marketing again, or if she's trying to boost sales or if she just wants to cover her bases, because that's the frustrating thing when someone's so deep in a lie. Yeah. Okay. Maybe at first she did come out with a lie trying to be part I, of I a marketing scheme but, or whatever, not- or maybe it was like, Hey, it's all good. It got leaked or that's fine. Right. You're kind of dancing that line. Maybe it's part of like, I just don't want to like fully do it. But then to go back later, however many years and saying that Ray, is lying and putting it on a lie detector test. That's just taking it too far. Well, well, what I would say is that everybody had their part to play back then. You know, there's someone who is making a deal. There's two people that are starring in something. There is like TV shows coming out. I wouldn't call it a lie. I would call it that this was the game plan and the marketing and everybody is playing their part. It's acting. You're going to play this part. We're going to say it's this. We're going to say it's that. At a certain point, it's okay to be like, listen, there are elements of this that like were coordinated. And that's why Ray pulled out the receipts because the receipts exist. Like there is coordination. There is a lot of conversations past the time of this, of the release of the tape into the Kardashians into for the love of Ray J when they're still communicating. And that's what I'm saying too. Yeah, exactly. So if it was part of the marketing, if it was part of whatever it was, that's fine. And it is what it is. And that's who you were then. And that was the whole game plan then, but then things change and things do evolve and it's okay to, so that, that is what's so interesting about that whole landscape. I, I, I think the people that are also super at fault here in a weird way is how the Hulu production decided to revamp this kind of tired story that everybody really knew. And the way that they cut it, the way that they did it, and the way that they put it together really kind of just irked Ray. And it was like, I have to stand on my own. Because like as big as that show is too, you have to remember, we have an equally successful television show called Love and Hip Hop, which we've done 12 seasons of. That's a big monster brand too. And we're accountable to our network as well. So you can't just take a client, take somebody, throw them under the bus and not think that we're going to get flack on the other end too. So sometimes you do have to speak out and protect your brand and protect your job and your interest in other projects. And this was like, hey, we want to launch a show. We're going to do whatever we got to take to it. But you don't necessarily need to do it in that manner. And that and that that's a bigger thing. That's not like, oh, well, Kim and Chris chose to do that. That's the network. That's the producers. That's like other people that decided what was good for their show. And then Kanye coming to get Yeah, that, Ray I mean, I mean, dude, they were Ray, 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 Ray was there. Ray, Ray went to that meeting with Kanye. And um, I remember when the meeting happened, they met at the airport. Um, and Ray was just ready to kind of like settle the dust with everything. Ray and Kanye met by themselves, hung out for 
a number of hours and talked it through. He showed them the content and he gave him, you know, pieces of the drive. And, you know, he went back. He didn't know that that was going to be the opening fucking scene of the Hulu show to go launch them. So you're still kind of like writing the same story now. And now you're using Kanye to tell that side of it. But at the same time, like, I need you guys to understand, we're not saying that Kim and Chris did that. This is a production company. This is a a, a, a big movement. There's other people that are like have to do what's right to make the money and to get the eyeballs. So when you're kind of the centerpieces and the figures in that, you have to think about like what's going to happen with that. And I, he had just had enough at that point. And at the end of the day, it is also their responsibility. That's what was my problem with the reboot when cast members would be like, the producers told me. It's like, yeah. you are a veteran in this game. Right. You know what you're saying. You know what you can do. Yeah. You can change the narrative. You have enough power. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. So they also agreed to that narrative. And that's right. where it becomes tricky. It's like, okay, great. They do want to relaunch their Hulu. I'm sure they want the most success. What's yeah. the most things that would go viral? You know, it is yeah. all those elements. But I, I don't think at this point in the careers that they're at, they're not thinking about that stuff because there's like this no is too much not. money and too much stuff. And it's like, okay, there's other people doing it. And I know the people that are cutting the Hulu show versus the people that were cutting the Buna Murray show because the Buna Murray show is quite different than the Hulu show. Okay. Jeff Jenkins and Farnaz and all and Russell and mm. everybody that ran the Buna Murray show. Those are like dear, dear, dear friends of mine, dear friends. And like, we've all done a million shows together. This team that's doing this show, this is a completely different thing. They're picking up the pieces of somebody else's hits. Why do you right. think the Kardashians left Buna Murray? Just for more money, money. And a bigger cut. Money. You know what I mean? Like that's the old deal. As long the deals did well. But like the new deal is worth more. It's like ninety five percent and five percent. It's like is you know what I mean. Like and you can oh you have more power then you know. I mean look look Je look Jeff Old was in the dock. Is he that? no longer at E? Because Jeff I don't know where Jeff is now. But Jeff is a, a genius president of multiple networks. He was once president of VH1 and MTV. And you know he he opened doors for me with Celebrity Rehab and all these other things that we did. Ray J he he gave Ray his shot with his show. Then went to E gave a lot of people a lot of opportunity. He's a great producer. I mean you have a real network president talking about you know what it took to do that. There he didn't really. I don't think he he didn't live through the the initial part. Lisa Berger did the did the buy of uh, of the Kardashians originally. It was and, wild to hear him say the deal with the devil you make yeah. is that you uh, give all access. Yeah. And we know? all signed that deal. You have, I, you, we I have, never I, signed that well, deal. Well, I'm not saying <laughs> physically signing sign that deal. Yeah, but, they but signing on the dotted deal. line and giving the release. I mean, I mean, didn't you, were you ever in a position where you hated an episode and you were like, fuck this? I mean, no. every single one, but that's not, I gladly did them all. Right. right. No, we not, no, we were not we in that care. same position. So it wasn't a follow docu-series like that. Yeah. I feel like even the Kardashians more, especially it's in the beginning. Show. Yeah, it yeah. was more immersed in their lives and they're there for longer. The Hills, at least for us, especially because we didn't film with the rest of the cast, mm -hmm. was like, here's your scenes. Boom, boom, boom. New Hills or old Hills? Both. Both. Both but we yeah. would try to do as fast as we could. That's yeah. why they said, and they would tell our managers like, and we had our former agent on last time, Adam Gelvin, and he was saying that we were so good at it because we just want to do it 
fast, efficient, effective, because yeah. they're going to keep you there to get the lines they want anyways. So yeah. we'd be like, let's cut the crap. Let's save us all what time. What's the scenes that out. you yeah. want? Yeah. And then we wouldn't watch it. So yeah. we'd be like, just pay us. We're being actors. Smart. We don't care at this point. We're not going to watch it. We're going to keep it moving. We have to go to the studio. We need to get on that weekly cover. Like it was just got a thing to, to us. About. We don't actually live yeah. in Hollywood. Come <laughs> right. on. Um, when did you guys do Love and Hip Hop? And what's your, what part of that? Lo- love and Hip Hop. Um, so. So when I, when I, when Ray and I like officially, I came on as his manager and producing partner, we, it was kind of, he had already had love, he had already had for the love of Ray J and he already had family business. So he had done four seasons with VH1. And then, um, it was kind of like, there was a little halt and I was killing it with my clients and Scott for one as a client back then we were doing a lot of stuff and, um, he was looking for a new team. And I was really, you know, had the relationships to go bring him to new network. So off the jump, you know, we went, we got a deal at WeTV, we got a deal at Reels, we got a deal at Oxygen, we got a deal at Fox, we got a deal at ABC, like everywhere that we went, basically we went in and pitched them a show. And because we had a non-exclusive uh, relationship with the one first network, we were able to be on every network. And that just opened it up for us to produce the shows, create the shows with them. And then they, and then, um, they came back to us. Uh, they were putting together love and hip hop, uh, for Hollywood. And basically we were the, we, they brought us in as like passive producers, but to help structure the show and bring in all the cast. So the cast was built around relationships that he had. And then we're now in our 12th season of being part of the love and hip hop brand. And thank you for being a part of our, our baby's baby wedding special or whatever when we were. How did you not sign Cardi B? <laughs> well, that that's, that's a different Atlanta. show. That's that's no, New York. Know, but you're yeah. so oh, is it New York? Like, well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I, well, I was so tied up with Ray that I mean, I wasn't like watching the show. I was oh, okay, focused okay. on my okay, on our okay, show. Okay. I was focused on making you know. And and when she was really popping too, I had another kind of sleeper hit that happened out of nowhere that I uh, co-created, executive produced, and starred in called Hollywood Hillbillies, which we did seventy episodes of, and I was the star of that show with my with my guys for reels. So I then had this resurgence of being back on TV and we, we made five seasons of that show back to back to back to back to back really quick. So I brought in Ray J to be in the show. He gave my guy the record deal. And, you know, I don't know if you, but that, that was actually the first show that proved that we could take a YouTube star and make them a linear television star. Cause I took that family and I brought them here. We did a reverse simple life. And was that before duck dynasty? Uh, no, that was after. Uh, after. We want to end with, we always ask all of our guests mm-hmm. how we get back in the game. So I want to reference your handbook in the end. Don't let me forget. Yep. But with the Kardashian, House of Kardashian, because it's a three-part, it flew by. I was like, no, yeah. it's over. But it's like six hours yeah. long. I mean, but did, can I ask you one question? Did How did you feel watching episode one? Because, you, I mean, you were really there with Brody and Bruce too, right? So, so that was a big part of it that I felt like I had. It was like, huh, when she's like, we just always thought we'd be great for reality TV. It's like, yeah. no, that's not what happened. You watched, at the time, Bruce yeah. filming for our Fox show. Yeah. And you were calling us every day trying to get Brody's dad, who he had no relationship for all these years. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, and we did a bunch of scenes that edited out now caitlin but yeah. at the time bruce like we went out and did tequila shots at the doom room right. with bruce at the time and you know he saw a fox crew big budget the whole thing yeah. and he's seeing his 
pretty, I don't even want to call him his son because he had nothing to do with him, you know, all his life. That was the other part, weird part that he was talking about in the thing that really bothered me for Brody when he was like talking about referencing Rob Kardashian. And he's like, a father (laughs) figure is so important in your life. I'm like, oh, tell that to Brody. We forgot about him. But uh, so, yeah, that was a big part that Chris watched. And I have a TikTok that did go viral where you see Courtney and Kim come to our filming Brody's birthday party on the Prince's and you see their eyeballs just like tingling of like, oh my God, my stepbrother has all these cameras in the set and all they're doing a partying by a pool. And it's so funny. You see the camera guy filming her for a second and they pan off of her so quick and life's so funny that that's how it works. Like that is actually the biggest star at the party in the future. But then she's just a rando pool party right. background character. Well, they were in Sons of Hollywood too. Yeah, so that's where a, they met Scott. So it's just that piece of like, oh, we the family. But you were always, there. But did you spend a lot of time, you know, with with Caitlin Bruce back then, with Brody? Only when they the show popped up. Oh, that was it. Okay, see, I see Brody on his <clears throat> birthday. So once it. we started filming, <clears throat> he was driving over from the valley, like yeah. as much as possible, trying to which. Now yeah. I get that's that. <clears throat> I want to tell you guys one other story. So um, after Sons of Hollywood was shot and we were waiting for it to come out, um, we were going to do Daughters of Hollywood. And uh, if the show, and my partner who did the physical on Sons of Hollywood, <clears throat> he was a guy by the name of JT Taylor. He was the creator and executive producer of the Osbournes, which was like the biggest opener, which is why I partnered with him to do this show because he was an incredible filmmaker. Uh, so we were gearing up that if Sons was going to be a big hit, we were going to do Daughters. So I started to put together the cast of Daughters. And um, the cast of Daughters was going to be Courtney Semmel, uh, Kim Kardashian, and Kimberly Stewart. And uh, we had that ready to go and a pilot deal with A&E. And I remember Courtney Semmel and Kim and I, Kim Kardashian and I, we all sat down at like her apartment in West Hollywood. And we were like going over like the meeting and the whole thing. She's like, okay, well, I really want to sign on and be a part of this show, but like, you got to meet with my mom. And I was like, okay, so let's go meet with your mom. So two days later, Kris Jenner, Kim Kardashian, me, JT Taylor, we all meet at the Lermitage hotel. And we have like a three hour meeting going over everything. And Kim wants to do kind of like this E wild on show. And she's like, I'm going to commit to being in Daughters of Hollywood. And this is pre Buna Murray deal, pre any of that stuff. So Chris says, listen, we'll put Kim in Daughters of Hollywood if this show happens. And, you know, it's a spinoff, whatever. But I want you to know Ryan Seacrest is toying with this like, family idea that he wants us to do with Buna Murray, but that probably won't happen. <laughs> you should have been like, oh, okay, let's do that family so show we, right well, now. I mean, at that time, but we, like, we were popping then. So, like, yeah, we were yeah. already, our show was coming out, so we were prepping for the next phase, you know? Because we were go, we were looking at, like, oh, Laguna went into the hills. So we were going, right. okay, well, Sons of Hollywood should be Daughters of Hollywood, right. Right, you know, right there. And we already had people that were ready to go. I remember being on the 101 <clears throat> freeway, Brody's Escalade with spinning rims. Our Fox show's popping. He's, Chris Jenner calls him and is like, we should do what you're doing 
with our family in uh, in the valley, and I remember Brody hanging up, like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, ah! like just I it's see like that. See when, me in my when you when you say that though, you do you understand why no, that's having I, the sex tape was an option. The sex tape you, makes sense. Did you understand it's, that why the sex tape? We watch a documentary and they break down the second that happens. E green lights the show. And then I also didn't realize that Simple Life got greenlit off of Paris's. So the formula had already worked. Yeah. The documentary. Well, sort of. No, I was there in that time as well with Paris. Oh, there, 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 there is a connection guy. there that that it, it, it did happen. But the they were all kind of blindsided by Paris's sex tape. I mean, that that was a little bit different. There was that was that did have some leaks. And then a deal was made versus one where a deal is made and now then we'll leaks. Go shoot it. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. But um, but if they were calling you about that show, you know, and like, oh, or he was calling or she was calling Brody about that. You see like the I don't want to say the desperation, but you see the desire to create a product, to have a marketing right. vehicle. And this is by all means necessary. So if you have all the means necessary to make it happen, maybe a tape is not that bad. And by the way. When you look at the tape, everybody needs to understand this is a product that has made close to $200 million. I don't think there's a problem with the <clears throat> tape, right? Like that's her choice. If she wanted to do, whoever wanted to do the tape, however their marketing wanted to be, all of it's fine, right? That's Hollywood. It's in the movies. Movie stars are doing that. If she wanted to do that, I'm. it seems like where the disconnect is coming is now years later being like, all right, the gig is up. It's all good. Yeah. Or like, let's not make it malicious now. Yeah. Right. Like it was or never. Or don't tell the story 55 times to right. relaunch another fucking <laughs> yeah, show. I think that maybe right. do that. Yeah, right. Or maybe say that, hey, this is kind of a tired ass storyline right. from 10 years ago. We don't need to throw Ray J under the bus right. one more time and, you know, make Kanye look like he like saved the Some world hero. and all this dumb shit. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Right. The talk show and then the Hulu thing. I was, was like, wrong. What you you went too far. So you got to yeah. just think about it. Like, don't go too far. Yeah. Other people are families. Other people have children. Other people have livelihoods, other stuff, things that you say do affect you. And you can't think that you control the whole thing. Everybody's got platforms. Everybody's got stuff too. You know, like Ray may not be a billionaire, but he's got millions and he, he has platforms too. You can't just try to be like, we're going to just shit on your platform. Yeah. No, like his headphone people, whoever he's partnered with the headphones yeah. that are in all the airports, Raycons, right. go get Raycons, they don't want Hulu saying that making it look like he's no, there's a like, board. It there's, was like also right. it was so like it looked very like shady. Like there was like she like I think she I think she said like I was drugged. Like I think I was drugged. I was or something like I was like, whoa, right? There was that lie. I mean, people like they were partying. Like no, but I'm saying she know. was trying to imply on the show that it wasn't right. You know, there was, there was a lot far. of weird stuff. Right. And, and sometimes and sometimes when you're shooting a show like that, you're not thinking about what every line that you're saying. And then you have to remember, and, too, I don't I don't think that they're they're not intricately involved in like the new cuts and like what they got so many other shit to do. Like the TV show is one of 55 businesses. So you're not really focused on like your new show. Oh, my God, I got to watch every cut. I have to know every detail of it. You're like, OK, well, these are the guys that we hired. Do the show, put it out. And these guys are salivating at the mouth, the people making the new show and they're like oh my god we have it all here let's just do it and we'll retire the same story no if you think you're gonna do that people are gonna bark back and that was why ray barked back 
And I think it's his right to do so. And on such a different scale, I feel like that's how I always felt with a sex tape situation that we were put in. And it's like, enough is enough. Like yeah. if you did that and that was on you and your ex-boyfriend was shopping it, fine. But like, leave me out of it and at this point. And so I do think at a certain sense, it's like, no, it's my integrity. And now you're using me as a scapegoat to cover face or to yeah. make you look better. And it's yeah. like, just take responsibility or don't talk about it. But to blame someone and to take it to a dirty level is yeah. just so unnecessary. And listen, if people want to play dirty, <clears throat> they have to remember one thing. We have receipts. Okay. <laughs> Please don't ever forget that. We have them. I mean, I... I don't know if you, I was up in the middle of the night. I saw a lot of the receipts coming out of the box. He had like that's that that, that that's that's like, a, like one thing. We got uh, receipts. I mean, uh, that, you gotta like, you gotta you gotta save your receipts. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Um, I wish I did that in life so much more. I wish I had <clears throat> saved text messages. I mean, who <gasps> knew? And I didn't know I needed a trail to validate and to like be able to vindicate myself i didn't yeah. know that it was that dirty and gnarly so saving receipts everybody well, we don't we don't want so the smart. business to be like that but like at the same time you're playing at an adult level right. you're playing a big game here this is a big game you know like right. we were all at the meeting together when you guys agreed to do daughters of hollywood chris was really excited about that show Kim was very excited about that show. Like we've all been doing this. Like some of us have been doing this longer than others. There's certain like marks that you get to. I was the youngest talent agent ever at UTA. Okay. To make it to that mark and spend six and a half years in those boardrooms. I was doing the deals before. So people can be like momagers and this whole thing. But like I went to business school for this shit. Like I, I, I did this in a, in a different way. Now everybody accomplishes different goals and you have to be proud of how people made it, but like everybody's got their lane. They got their lane. We got our lane. You got your lane, you know? And that is exactly why I created the Hollywood Handbook. <laughs> so that Hollywood Handbook is perfect to how we've been asking all of our guests. Yes. How, and then you referenced it earlier, and I've already been saying that to yeah. Heidi, how we take where we're at and get back in the game, get relevant. And I feel like you said it's the content, it's the editing, like you yeah. need to be pushing. That's something she respectfully, I don't do, she doesn't do. We don't do the YouTube. We don't do the, like yeah. you have to be in those algorithms. So with that, you already pinned that. What is the, the Hollywood the, handbook? The Hollywood handbook, if you go to the hollywoodhandbook.com, you can buy the course. And it is a VT, a virtual training seminar where you are learning from me how to become a rapper, rock star, reality star, influencer, celebrity chef, celebrity host, how to, make your content, how to market your content, how to monetize your content. You have to get your product, you have to get your analytic, and you have to create the relationships and the PR profile to make things happen. I teach you in a very easy to understand, step-by-step -step way in the Hollywood Handbook, how to do that stuff. So basically, if you have a desire to make it and you have, you know, you, let's say that you're, you're a mechanic in your garage and you know how to rebuild engines and you're doing a little thing on YouTube and you know that you may have the ability to have a car show, I'm going to teach you how to take your little YouTube channel and then go turn it into the product and sell it to a TV show, market it and monetize it. So all of the years that I have had in the industry doing what I've done because I'm a jack of all trade, agent, manager, TV show creator, the star of my own shows. I had to do it. PR person. I'm showing you what I spent all these years doing. Very easy to understand. And if you follow the Hollywood handbook, you can make it. So what do we need to do out of the Hollywood? Uh, okay. So I'm going to go really, I, I, I have an idea and, and I want you to just 
please go with me. All right. And um, I let me call my friend Chris Jenner and see. Well, how about a sex tape? <laughs> You know, we try to do no. it. Our, our market value you, had dropped. You guys we, tried to do a sex tape? We talked to, you we know, never just, had we talked footage. to Steve. No, we talked to Steve just to hear. Talked to Red Light just too? To, yeah, talked to Paris to people? We were floating the idea. Like, we missed the, like, the sex the tape. Money. I mean, that would be insane. Um, Spidey sex tape. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. What I, what I really honestly think for you guys in the direction of where you want to, hit that next mark is really the YouTube monetization, you know, creating a channel that is separate of this, that really takes you into a deep dive of a world where content is interesting that people are seeing kind of like the other side of this stuff. You guys share a lot of things. So we have to come up with a niche Hmm. that is YouTube friendly, YouTube content edited correctly gets you the numbers, gets you the views, gets you the likes. Like there's, there's something in there. There is still a ton of money there. So weekly, like, do you put out a weekly episode? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, can't I, edit. I, I, I mean, I my, my fascination still is with people love children. I mean, look, I don't know how much you guys want to, you know, catapult your kids at this point. Cause you guys have lived through so much, but there is something about the parenting and like the world that you swim in and the kids, like that is always something that can be really relatable and opens up a lot of doors. Um, I don't think that we should give away the actual idea on this one. We should really talk about that one. But I, I do think that had you started focusing on a YouTube influencing business a couple years ago, you guys would really have that content, but you could start now. There's no reason to not start now. You have platforms, just don't give everything away. Doing too much live, doing too much Mm. of that, that's you're giving it away. You're not actually monetizing it. And that's why you have to be careful with the content and what you're putting out and don't make it free for everybody. So, like for instance, this he's into it. Tana, Tanya, Tana, 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 Tana. She doesn't do YouTube anymore. Of course, she does. She still puts out episodes. Or the podcast on YouTube. She has like three channels. Wow. Yeah. Well, if you got five you got six million subscribers that are loyals and diehards. Why would you not? No, I thought she was just TikTok and all. Because the other thing you got to remember, and I don't know if you can do this here at Spotify, but, um, you know, what we can do with more of like independent podcasts is like, you know, there, there are many opportunities to be like, Hey, this is our new coffee and we love this. And there's a bag for saying that, you know, there's a lot of other ways to do it. I think that my growth in understanding how to do that business has come a lot in the last four years. So I'm really getting into it more and more now. And that's the stuff that we want to kind of teach. And that, you know, Hollywood the, the, handbook, the Hollywood, go to the Hollywood handbook, go get it. So thank you. This is incredible guest. Yes. I'm so inspired. Thank you. This yes. is the goal of this podcast to get right. inspired as well as our listeners. So thank you for your time. Thank you for Make having sure me. Make sure to go watch house of Kardashians yes. on Peacock yes. in two weeks. Uh, yeah. Go watch it. And our and present to all of you is the Hollywood Handbook because yeah. you too can monetize anything. Anything you want. Go David's do it. help. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes as a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race. 
A young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes, Enter the Kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.